0: Welcome everybody to Talking Donkey International and our new television series, Country Wisdom.
1: Let's set the tone for this new series of ours. It's found in Proverbs 4. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet and then all your ways will be sure.
0: Join us now for Country Wisdom.
1: ever told you the whole story of how we decided to adopt our daughter?
0: No, I don't think you have. Oh. I'd love to hear it.
1: Oh, it's a great story. First of all, you know, we had two boys, and I wanted a girl. I had this idea that God would give me a daughter. And I had mentioned a few times to Steve, well, maybe, you know, we could adopt someday, and he'd kind of, eh. And in fact, I think one day he actually said, look, if that's what you need, to really be happy, then I won't stand in your way. And I had the papers on the coffee table.
0: You were ready for this.
1: And, but I never sent them in. I filled out, you know, the initial form, but never sent it in because I thought, okay, if I'm just doing this for me, you know, our marriage is a partnership. I'm not just gonna, you know, nag him to death until he finally says, yes, you know, let's do it. I felt like he was just giving me permission. You know, you really want this, but it wasn't what he really wanted. Mm -hmm. So I never did anything about it. And literally several years go by. And then we had- So you were patient? Well, I'd given up.
0: Okay, okay. (laughs) Now the truth (laughs) is- Right.
1: Um, Because Steve wasn't as fully on board. And then we had friends who were going to China for a year. Uh, He was going to be teaching um, medical Western surgery methods or some new surgery method. And we were at their house and they had told us what their plans were. And on the drive home, I said, really just kind of flippantly, I I was not completely serious. I was just sort of razzing Steve because I kind of do that. And I said, well, since they're going to be in China for a year and China, you know, at that time, I said, they tend to toss little girls out. I said, maybe they can find us one while they're over there. And Steve said, well, maybe we should talk to them about that. Maybe that would work.
0: You almost fell out of your chair.
1: If I hadn't been belted in, probably, because we were in the car. No, I actually didn't say anything because I was afraid of breaking the spell. This was Steve finally saying, Yeah, maybe we should.
0: After you'd been waiting for years. So
1: obviously, I don't know what happened, but obviously now he was ready. I had been ready, but he was. So the next day I kind of broached the subject, you know, so were you really serious last night? Because it would help. Uh, I was fairly certain, (laughs) so optimistic and naive, that having someone in the country, having friends who were there. that they could do some of the legwork, that they would know who to go talk to, what agency. And he said, yeah, yeah, let's talk to them about it. And I was going, yes, but <laughs> I didn't I didn't do a happy dance because again, made a breaking spell. It's yeah. like, be casual. Like, oh, well, if you insist, I'll, I'll look into it. You
0: know? <laughs> <laughs> Went behind the bedroom door and go, yes. Right.
1: <laughs> I know how to play my cards right. <laughs> so, uh, We started the process, and the only agency, you have to have a home study done, and I knew that. So the only agency that would come to our little town uh, was four hours away, but they were really willing. It was a nice Christian agency, and they worked with orphanages in several third world countries. And they were delighted and they had a social worker who didn't mind driving all the way four hours to interview us and Steve at that time, see it was his partner who was in China. So Steve was on call for a year. It turned into two years, but that's another story. So he couldn't leave to go down to Sacramento. And normally they require you to go through these parenting classes and they let me go down by myself they said, we need to at least meet him. <laughs> we need to know you're not talking about a phantom husband. Uh, and one time he got coverage and we went down for one all day big long meeting with them. And after that, they had bent the rules and worked with us. And Shyla kept making trips up to see us. If I had known maybe how long the process would end up taking, I don't know. But it was I was thrilled there that we were going to get our daughter. Wow. So I adoption is wonderful. Uh, it was only part of the process that I could have done without. You know, you
0: talk about adoption, and I, I can't help but thinking about it in heaven. You know, God created the most beautiful couple, gave them the most gorgeous location. But then they decided to choose somebody else. They'd been created with free will. And here here comes the, the devil who at that time you know, Lucifer, the light. and But he was a deceiver. He totally deceived them in saying, hey, join my family. Come along and join my family. My family is much better.
1: We have more fun in my family. Yeah, and, you
0: know, they, they made that choice. They, they decided to go that direction. And basically right there, there was a whole uh, gene change. You know, that the, the whole uh, royalty just was out of their blood and they were grafted into the family of the devil. And basically, that's where we've been ever since. It's it's a sad situation. It's reverse adoption, really.
1: I hadn't thought about it like that.
0: But it's a cool thing God had a plan, too.
1: When we got into the actual process, like I said, we applied to China, and Steve insisted if we're going to adopt, he wanted that baby. He wanted it as young as possible. And he even put on there, uh, on one of the forms, that I think like one year old was his cap. And I remember teasing him and saying, oh, so you're saying if God has the perfect four-year-old for us, you would go, no, sorry, too old. And he just kind of laughed, but he still put that on the form, infant. Now, you've met our daughter. I have. Has it occurred to you that she's not Chinese? Have you thought about that? I kept expecting you to go, what do you mean you applied to China? I've met Aaliyah. That is the most wonderful story. Even I
0: can figure out she's not Chinese.
1: Uh, We were, oh, at least halfway through the process. We had done our home study. We had, I'd gone multiple trips down to where the agency was. Uh, We were getting close to the time when they would be assigning us a child. And one day, I think we were sitting at the table, and I suddenly had this thought, and I said, Steve, how are we gonna choose which one? What are, do you suppose they just show you like a catalog, you know? I said, I'll I'll just pick the cutest one. I'm that shallow, so how do you do it? And he just kinda, I don't know. And I remembered a story that I read years ago. I was still a kid. And my grandmother subscribed to Guideposts Magazine, which is still around. I subscribe to it now. And I remembered a story that I read when I was maybe 10 years old. And it was a story about, I want to say Eddie Albert, the star of Green Acres. Uh,
0: I can remember the old Green Acres, yeah. yeah,
1: Well, yeah, I'm old (laughs) enough I remember it too. But he wrote a story in there. He had been making a film in Spain. His wife went with him. They had no children. And while he was off every day filming, his wife found there was a little orphanage down the road. And she had made friends with the orphanage director. She would go down there and volunteer during the day she was playing with the kids and all. So she told him, I I want to adopt one of these children. And they talked to the director. Now, mind you, let's see, this must have, I don't even remember what year, this was maybe the 50s when he was, uh, it was in this. I was older than that when he wrote this story, but he was talking about something that happened way before then, because I'm not old enough to remember the 50s. Uh, <laughs> so they made all the arrangements. It was easier then. Yeah. But they're driving on his last day of filming, he'd rap. They're driving to the orphanage to meet the director and choose a child. And his wife said the same thing. All of a sudden, she goes, Wait! How are we going to choose? And they pulled over to the side of the road and prayed, and they said, okay, Lord, we're gonna make a deal with you. The very first kid that that director brings to introduce us to, we're gonna say yes, no matter what. That's scary. And then he said, when the director walked in with this little girl, he almost reneged. It was like, "Um, no, Lord, you can't possibly mean that one, because he said she had a look on her face that he just knew she was going to give them trouble.
0: The fireball on the Harley.
1: <laughs> and he, he almost went back on his promise to God, but his wife didn't. And they said, yes, we'll take her. He was writing this story like 20 years later uh, on the eve of her wedding. And he was just saying, God knew exactly who they needed and who needed them. And it was the perfect choice. So that's what Steve and I did. We actually prayed and said that, you know, we don't know what you have in mind, but we know that you know who needs us and who we need. And we'll do the same thing. The very first baby that they offer us, we'll say yes, no matter what. And I thought we might be opening ourselves up for maybe some medical issues, uh, but that's fine. Steve's a doctor. We, We know a lot of people in the medical community. Uh, we would give this little girl a chance she might not have. When you leave things up to God, the answer to your prayer might not look like what you think it's gonna look like.
0: Most of the time, not.
1: (laughs) First of all, we'd applied to China. Secondly, Steve's insistent, baby. And I had all these little pink, you know, little tiny dresses and they called us and said, one of our workers who's gotten to know you is actually over in Addis Ababa where we have an orphanage. And she said, call the Nelsons and tell them I have their daughter. And this woman on the phone is talking so fast. She does not want me to break in and say, no, no, we're getting, miles from we're getting a Chinese baby. <laughs> what are you talking about Addis Ababa? You mm-hmm. know, I might not be the best with geography, but I know that's not in China. And so she's talking fast. And the whole time I'm going, okay, all right. And she said, well, she, this little girl, they think she's about four years old, but she said, this one will give her brothers a run for the money. You know, this is their daughter. And I'm going, okay. She's going, well, do you want to talk to your husband about it? And I said, oh, I will, he's out fishing right now, but I definitely will, but it's still yes. And she goes, would you like to see a picture first? We can have her send a picture. And I said, I would love to have a picture of her, but the answer is still yes. Now, I had a brief moment <laughs> because the first picture they sent to us, I understood Eddie Albert thinking, uh, wait a minute, because I thought they sent us <laughs> the wrong picture. They sent me a picture. It was just a little headshot. We got a better one a little later. But this little headshot, I thought, that's a little boy with a very bad haircut. <laughs> oh, no, nope, that was her.
0: Good thing your daughter's around <laughs> to hear that.
1: So we had not told our social worker about the deal we'd made with God. Uh, So she wasn't having to try to twist our arms or talk us into anything. It was, yes, 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 of course. And it's true. Uh, She has been the most delightful thing. I could not have picked a better daughter for myself. I could not have given birth to a better daughter. I sometimes I've had people who have occasionally said, you've done such a great job with her. And I tell them, oh, no, no, no. She came that way. I just, with God's help, kept her that way. I didn't mess her up too badly. Because she's just a wonderful person inside and out, beautiful inside and out.
0: It won't surprise you, I know, to realize that you know, God's an amazing parent who said the same thing. Just, I'm going to take them all. You know, yeah. everyone that shows up to me, I'm yeah. going to take them all. And
1: I'm sure that some of us kind of look like, you know, the picture that I first was sent or the little girl yeah. that walked I'm, in. I'm sure far The worse. Eddie Albert laid eyes on.
0: Yeah.
1: A lot of people go, no, not that one. Yeah. But if you got a minute,
0: let's maybe we can find a place to sit down. I know. I want to share oh, a couple yeah. of Bible texts with you about Because I know you've got a lot more
1: to share, too. Oh, you can get me talking about my daughter forever. Are you (laughs) kidding me? I could keep you here all day. Talking Donkey International is a worldwide media production ministry. We have a dream that can become a reality with your financial partnership.
0: You see, Janice has been portraying great women of the Bible to churches and spiritual organizations for years. Now is the time to expand this work. Our goal is to produce a powerful 13-episode series called Women of God, set in a period of Israel during Bible times. The characters will virtually come alive, allowing you to witness how God has always empowered women who are committed to Him.
1: God created a man and a woman to represent Him. It took both. Women have always been an essential part of the Gospel message. With your help, We plan to bring to life the powerful stories of women like Deborah, the warrior and judge, Rahab, and the woman at the well. We also plan to create a series of corresponding Bible studies designed just for women.
0: So please help us create Women of God. The opportunity is now. Another film group has invited us to join them in Morocco to participate in the filming of the book of Judges. The studios in Morocco are where many of the great biblical epics are being filmed today. Something that would normally cost us in excess of $300,000 will only cost us team travel, gear, crew expenses, and final editing costs. Total cost will be about $89,000. That's a major saving.
1: I love finding a bargain. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Absolutely. You know, the GoFundMe link is on your screen. Help inspire God's women today. And thank you so much for your prayers and financial support.
1: The people of Jericho were a mess, terrified of Israel. We shouldn't have been. We should have been confident. Amorite warriors are fiercer and better trained than any others. And no army could take down the walls of Jericho. So why were we so afraid? Because they had Jehovah, a God like no other. When I got to the well that day, I realized I wasn't alone. There was a man sitting on the curbstone of the well. He was obviously exhausted and looked almost as miserable as I felt and I might have felt some pity for him if he hadn't also obviously been Jewish. The weave of his tunic was definitely Galilean. Where had he even come from? Most Jews do anything they can to stay out of Samaria, which is fine by us.
0: Yeah, I wanted to share a a few of the the texts with you because I think it's so important for people to realize that God put everything into this. I mean, he's, he's invested the universe into our adoption again because we blew it. We, we gave it away. We allowed somebody else to adopt us. So one of the first ones is Galatians chapter four. And it says in chapter four, but when the fullness of time was come, God sent his son into the world under the law. Well, the law demanded that we'd totally blown it. We, you know. There was no way we could get out of the situation we put ourselves in. So Jesus came to live a life above all of this and then die for us as if he was the one who blew it. And it continues on, why did he do that? To redeem them that were under the law, to redeem. Well, if he's going to redeem us, you know, he's, he's buying us back. And then Paul says in, in uh, Romans chapter eight, for as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God we can choose to go back to the life that God had promised us. or we can become royalty again, you know, because Adam and Eve and the family, they were royalty in the garden. Uh, so,
1: I like that idea. Oh, I, yeah, I, I can be royalty.
0: <laughs> well, God <laughs> wants us all to be royalty. That's the key, you know, he says, for ye have not received the spirit of bondage against fear. You have not received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. You know, God is saying, I want to adopt you. You know, and then there's another one I wanted to share with you in, in, uh, uh, well, let's see John, John verse 13. that says, uh, which were born, not of blood, nor the will of the flesh of God, nor the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus came down, born of a man, to show us the way back to adoption. He paved the way. He laid it all out for us that we can get back there. And let me tell you, it cost God a lot.
1: You remember I told you how at the beginning of the process I was a little naive and optimistic? All kinds of roadblocks. Uh, She ended up having measles, so it delayed her coming over. In the US, they won't complete an adoption until the child is here. Ethiopia won't release the child until the adoption is complete. So we're doing everything, twice, doubling everything, once here, once there. And it some days seemed like she was just never going to arrive home. We were never really going to get her. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't know how hard parts of it were going to be because I don't know if I would have thought it was worth going through.
0: That's what's so interesting is God knew how much it was going to cost. God God knew everything about the, the pain, the suffering, the anguish. Matter of fact, that was God's plan A. He had no plan B. He saw all of this stuff, he saw the sacrifice of Christ, the death of his own son, all of these things, and he chose to do it. That's what, you know, I mean, that's exciting to think about it. It it just, I think about being in heaven, God's got everything around him. You know, we look here with dirt and crud and rocks and stuff, heaven's fabulous. And God says, look, I've laid all this out for you. I've chosen you. Matter of fact, I've marked you in the palms of my hands. You're so precious. You know, I'm scarred for eternity for you. And he says, "Now look, you get to sit with me in my throne, because you're royalty. You're part of the family. You're the you're the children of the family. You know, I mean."
1: And who wouldn't want to be royalty? Yeah, I'm I just... can see myself with a tiara. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> But you know, not until you throw it at the feet of Jesus when you get there, right?
1: It won't mean anything.
0: Yeah, yeah, because he bought it all for us. Mm. But think about that. We will sit in God's throne with him and Jesus and rule the universe for eternity. I certainly don't deserve it. I don't think you do, no, none of us no. do. But, but God says, look, I've washed you, made you white as snow now, and you're joining in the family of God. Think about that. You know, you've gone through that adoption process and, and uh, but as many, says, as received him, to them become sons and daughters of God.
1: We have to make that choice. He already chose us. Yeah,
0: you're right. It, it's our choice. Just like they made back in the garden to choose the devil and his genetic pool and everything else, you're right. We've got to make a choice again.
1: Okay, hey, I've got one more place I'd like to show you and Aaliyah said she'll
0: meet us there. You up for it? Sure, sounds good. You know, I I was just thinking, one more thing I wanna share because it seems like it's so important, and I don't know that a lot of people really grasp or understand it, but that's adoption is for the redeemed because the redeemer paid the price. You know, adoption is not a fanciful fiction, it's reality, you know, God promises it.
1: And that's the best news ever.
0: Absolutely. (laughs)
1: My grandmother was number 11 in a family of 13 girls, and she sometimes felt lost in the crowd. Do you ever feel that way? With nearly 8 billion people in the world, it's easy to wonder if anyone even notices you're alive, but there is someone who notices. The Bible says God calls us by name. He knows you, knows your name. You're his child. If you'd like proof, go to TalkingDonkeyInternational.org and request offer number 130 for this free pamphlet, There's Not Another You. So there in that courthouse, that's where it all finally ended. We stood in front of a judge and signed the final papers. Or maybe I should say that's where it all began.
0: The beginning, yeah, it probably really was.
1: Hi there. Hey, hey greetings. <laughs>
0: greetings. This is, this is the child. <laughs> this is her.
1: She didn't look like this the day that we came out of that courthouse.
0: Let's go ahead and have a
1: seat. Yeah, sit for a minute. I've been telling Jim about coming to the courthouse to sign final papers and feeling like, great, it's finally over. What do you remember about that day?
2: Um, that the judge was super scary. Why? Well, I was short, and he was, you know, on his pedestal, and he seemed really big and intimidating at that time.
1: You're still short. Just not as intimidating. <laughs> Thank true. you for there the is. reminder. <laughs> <laughs> so that would have been intimidating. I think anyone who's standing in front of a judge feels intimidated.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, how old were you at that time?
2: Um, between five to seven. No, Now,
0: now <laughs> right. why are you hesitating?
2: Because they didn't know my age. I didn't come with birth certificates. So.
1: We had to guess.
0: Had to guess. Yeah. How, how did you kind of zero in on it?
2: Um, they took me to their dentist to do, um, what is it, bone graphing? Yeah, whatever. he
1: looked at your teeth. Yeah, you know. to
2: determine approximately the age.
1: And but the her. orphanage had said they thought she was about four, but he said, no, no, she's six or seven. Yeah. Okay. okay. She had too many teeth to be four.
0: <laughs> so what, what happened next to you? you? The judge is there, then what?
1: Uh... How much did you understand? None.
2: Well, I knew that this was the final process and me getting to stay with this family. So I understood that much. Everything else is kind of a blur.
1: Do you remember what you said as we came out the doors? Yes. I, know, I remember you were holding daddy's hand on one side and my hand on the other and kind of skipping. You were very happy.
2: Mm-hmm. And I told you guys that you could no longer get rid of me, that you're stuck with me.
1: So she understood that much that mm-hmm. this is it. There's no fear of being sent back. And that made me think about God because legally, the judge explained, we cannot disown her. We could disown the two we gave birth to, (laughs) but we can't get rid of her legally. If you had chosen her. And it's a done deal. 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 She could legally unadopt us, but we can't initiate that. If she ever decided, I've had it with this family, I never want to see them again, she would have to make the first move. Be your choice.
2: Yep, it would have to be my choice.
1: And you know, if anybody is left out of the kingdom, if there's anyone who isn't part of God's family, you know, at the end, it'll be their choice. God will never unadopt us.
0: Yeah, you know, Folks, God paid the ultimate price. He gave his own life for you that you might be adopted in the family. And as they're just saying, you know, you're the only one who can change that. God gave himself to bring you into the family. Elias had a, a wonderful life and it's still beginning, it's going on. We can too, you can. Choose God today and enjoy the eternal life. Hey, thanks for joining us for Country Wisdom.
1: See you next time.